Hi, this is Colleen Klinkenbeard, and you're listening to Bite. How's it going, everybody? That's right, it's my voice, which means it's time for another wonderful episode of the Anime A-Team, the only anime podcast broadcast throughout the land of Magnolia. As always, I am your host, Aiden Hall. Joining me today is my wonderful red-headed co-host, the indomitable... Royce McCoy. Now, you didn't come for us. No, you came for the name. With over 10 years of experience, she has done all kinds of voices across video games, anime, commercials, you name it, she's done it, she's played... Oh, little known names like Luffy from One Piece, Urza from Fairy Tale. She's also done several Smite characters. She's done... She was Hana in Wolf Children. She was Hana in Wolf Children, as well as Lilith in Borderlands. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my honor to introduce to you Colleen Clinkenbeard. Miss Clinkenbeard, how are you today? I'm swell, thanks. Oh. <laughs> Hi, how are you guys doing? Doing absolutely great now. It's a darn good day. <laughs> <laughs> so... You know, obviously you've done very prolific voices lately. What's I've it like voicing some of these more important <laughs> characters? Oh, I mean, I, I have the best job in the world. It's <laughs> fantastic. Uh, the the bigger ones, the ones that are better known, are sometimes the most painful. So, uh, you know, Luffy's, Luffy's shredded my voice and, and made me a little bit lower overall, which actually made uh, Lilith possible. So. Huh. Oh, <laughs> that's interesting. That's really cool. One Piece Forever Changed <laughs> <Yeah>. Borderlands. <laughs> that, that's right. Yeah, it made uh, going back and playing Reza Hawkeye again a little bit of a different experience when we went back in and recorded uh, Full Metal uh, Brotherhood. Uh, my voice was actually lower than it had been initially when we recorded uh, the original. So it was kind of a reminder to me to stop trying to go as low as possible. <laughs> <laughs> Because I used to have to go as low as possible to hit Riza, and then when I, we came back in and did it again, it was like, oh, that's not a stretch at all. I could just talk normally. That's crazy, especially when you think how many episodes of Luffy you had to do. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, <laughs> still going. So, yeah, by the time we get done, I'm going to sound like Chris Abbott. <clears throat> I, I just mean, like, how do you do just, like, over 500 episodes of one character? Oh, man. Uh, it's, you know, you would think you would get tired of it. Honestly, I want to tell you something like, oh, you know, it's hard, but I just love them so much. (laughs) And they've done such a good job of keeping everything fresh and, and making the adventures fun and making Luffy funny throughout. You would think his shtick would get boring and it just doesn't because he's so well-rounded and they've done such a good job with him. So I, I love him even more every season says a lot about how endearing a character is that someone who has to stick with the character over and over again is still loving him. Yeah. I agree. So, do you, I don't know if you keep up on anything ongoing, but has there been any parts where you were kind of dreading doing certain scenes or really looking forward to doing other scenes for characters like Luffy um, or Urza? I've definitely dreaded the uh, Marine Ford arc uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> for a number of reasons. Um, one of them is 
the obvious that it was going to be sad, and I love funny Luffy, so yeah. I knew that it was going to be dozens of episodes without the funny Luffy. Um, for another reason, I was going to be sad. Um, uh, for another reason, it's just me. There's no other straw hat around for a while. So that's the brunt of the recording on my voice. Um, usually, you know, the line count is divvied up between us, but when it's all me all the time, it's a lot of screaming. (laughs) Especially Marine Ford. Yeah. Everybody hated Ace. So there's no reason anyone would be sad. Um, no spoilers <laughs> um do you ever like do, does the director ever call it a day and she's like all right that's enough for day and you're just like wait but i wanted to do this line next <laughs> um i would say rarely by the time we get to an end of a session it's more likely that it goes the other direction and the director calls it a few minutes early because i'm trashed ah uh, okay um makes sense. but or i should say thrashed i'm not getting drunk enough <laughs> but um I, I I have, a, on occasion, I suppose, will be in the middle of something, like in the middle of an intense uh, conversation or in the middle of a joke or uh, what have you, and they have somebody coming in right then who needs to start right away. And we would always prefer to wrap up a beat so that you're not jumping back in and trying to get right back into the swing of things. Uh, you, you'd always prefer to start at a new scene. Um, so that does happen, I guess. Uh, but... You, you, you know, it's professional. <laughs> we stop when we're supposed to stop. That makes sense that you'd want to keep it going because, I mean, it, it it might show in the recording if you set up a joke, wait 24 hours, and then drop a punchline. Exactly, yeah, yeah. So we try, not, we try to avoid that. So what got you into, like, what's the difference between doing, like, voice acting for video games and for anime? Uh, they're pretty different, actually. Uh, video game acting, uh, it's not really, it's not dubbing. So (laughs) usually they give you kind of a character synopsis and you get to see your character. You might even get to see a little bit of animation, minor animation, just so you can see how they move. And then they give you the script and uh, you get to create your own character voice, obviously with the help of the director uh, and producers and whoever else is involved. But there's a lot more freedom and you're not so married to timing. I get to make her laugh when I feel like she would laugh. And I get to um, use breath to make her out of breath when she's been going through movements and stuff like that. With animation, with uh, anime, with dubbing, you're very married to what they've already done in the Japanese. I not only have a voice actor that I'm trying to somewhat emulate so that it stays true to the intention, but I'm also married to the timing of it all. So if they're not heavy breathing, then I'm not heavy breathing. If they don't laugh, then I'm not laughing. Um, so it's just a, it's a little bit more of a technical sort of experience, whereas video game voice acting is, is freer. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, in the first Borderlands, Lilith was like the player character who like didn't get a lot of like long dialogue scenes. But in Borderlands right. 2, that was a big change. What, do you think that was like a big jump for you, or did you feel like you already knew how to do that character? You know, I think she changed, actually. It changed writers um, from from one to the other. And it is a big change to go from player character to uh, someone with dialogue. I think they did that because I kind of got along really well with them. <laughs> <laughs> and they were, so I, I really I really like Anthony uh, uh, Birch's writing. And we just kind of see eye to eye. So I, I feel like he maybe beefed up my part a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> So, so thank you, Anthony. Um, but 
there she changed didn't she 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 felt so kind of stick up her butt from before and yeah. a little bit um you know she was just too strict and i think they did a good job of adding it into the plot line that she softened that she had reasons to soft soften with uh roland and so i think i think they probably took her that direction on purpose, but it was definitely a different ending point from getting from point A at the beginning of the whole franchise to point B at the end of Borderlands 2. Right. She jokes a lot. She's turned slightly closer to Tannis, honestly. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Yeah, especially with that like Dungeons & Dragons uh, expansion. Yes, Tiny Tina. exactly. Yeah. She's not crazy like Tannis is, but she's... What's the right word for it? She's um, whimsical in a way that she didn't used to be. Yeah. Now, when you're doing characters like Lilith, do you find that you have more freedom than when you're doing characters on Smite, like Arachna or Niza? Mm, that's interesting. Um, I I guess I do have more freedom, and I just have more access. I I am more in touch with the producers and writers of uh, Borderlands just because it's such a big character and because of the context because of what they're doing. So when I record Smite, that's already done. That's all set in stone. They know exactly what they want me to say. I come in and say it. We have a few pickups. That's it. With Borderlands, I come in and we have a long time together. And then we're going to have another couple of pickup sessions. And there's a little bit more of a give and take of, wouldn't it be funny if she did this? And they'll change things because it doesn't sound right the way I'm saying it, so they'll change something. So uh, it's a little bit less set in stone and it's a little bit more of a creative process for the Borderlands characters. Um, I like both sets of producers. I enjoy working with everybody, but it's uh, just by virtue of the kind of video game, it's a little bit more fluid. That makes sense. Oh, yeah. So you've also done you know, ADR directing, you've done script writing, you've done line producing, you've done pretty much everything. When doing <laughs> these on top of voices, does it help bring you into these projects? You know, I... I guess it seems like it should, and on occasion it does. Um, I'll try to give you an example. Uh, let's see. With Brothers Conflict was a good example. That's an anime that I play the lead in and I directed. I don't ever cast myself as a lead. That's just kind of against my mindset. Um, <laughs> but it was, cast, it was cast while I was away on maternity leave. And uh, they cast me, and then they decided I should direct the show since I was cast. So that did bring me in. Um, and then I've done things like I directed some preliminary stuff for Borderlands 2. Uh, nothing that made it in. I, I was just directing kind of the scratch tracks for stuff. Oh, okay. So I got a little bit more involved in, in that game. But then sometimes it knocks you out of the running for things. Like if I'm directing something, then I don't cast myself as a lead. So if it hasn't been cast by the time I get it, then I know I'm not going to be the lead in this show. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so like when you go from like anime movies to anime TV shows, is like the workflow different for a movie than it is for a TV show? It's just shorter. It's the same kind of work. You go in for a couple of hours and record, but for a movie, that's it. You go in for a couple of hours and record, and you're done. Okay. And for a series, you come back in, and uh, usually with these broadcast subs, the way we're doing them now, for a series, you get some feedback in between. So I may have seen the episode online, or I may have heard from fans how they feel like it's going, or 
the director has a little bit more information the second time than they did the first time. So things change from session to session. Whereas with the movie, it's never a streaming. It's always uh, going to DVD. And they know, the director knows everything ahead of time because they've seen the entire movie. I know nothing ahead of time because I've seen none of the movie. <laughs> and frequently, characters in a movie aren't in every scene. It's not always the case. Like, Kana was in most of it. But they aren't in every scene for the most part. So I rarely know what a movie is about as I'm recording <laughs> it until I see the finished product. If I see the finished product, I don't really know what the movie's going to at all. <laughs> that must be a weird experience. Just like, wait for it, wait for it. Oh, is that me? That's me. I think it is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and you just skip from cue to cue. You never really see what's in between it. So frequently people at conventions will ask me about a movie or a series where the same thing happens where I've just recorded from scene to scene and I have absolutely no idea what the show is about and they'll talk about it and I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> so you were talking about broadcast dubs earlier. Have you noticed, like, what are some of the big changes? Because, you know, back then there wasn't a lot of broadcast dubs and now Funimation seems to be doing all kinds lately with like mm -hmm. three or four a season. Is it much more rushed work or do you guys have some kind of plan going into it? It's not rushed in terms of, like, uh, get it out the door, doesn't matter what it looks like, just get it out the door. It's the same amount of time that we spend on recording. It's just done in a – it's slightly more efficient and slightly less efficient. It's interesting. It's <laughs> changed the process entirely. So um, instead of recording, usually what would happen uh, on a DVD dub, I would get six scripts at the same time, and I would direct all six episodes in this three-week time span. And I would get in, uh, you know, actor A, the, the lead actor, and we would record all of their work for those six episodes in a series of sessions. Now with broadcast dubs, we get one episode per week. And the job is to record each episode as it comes into the booth. And then it goes out of the booth and you don't start the next one until the next week. So that means that if you have somebody who only has 20 lines in this episode, then they just come in, record their 20 lines, and leave, as opposed to a set of hours where they would finish all of their, their work. So as an actor, it's less immersive. Um, as a director, it is more linear. I'm getting just this episode, so I know where the beginning is, I know where the middle is, I know where the end is. But it's less efficient, because I could be getting... Uh, three episodes done in one hour with this small character, but instead I'm getting one episode done because I only need you for five minutes. That's it's it's interesting to think of how the process has become just as episodic as the show is. It really is, and if you think about it, we don't have much more information than you do. Some, <laughs> and depending on the license store, we have even more. But so I could cast the entire first episode for uh, this series that's coming up. And then it turns out in five episodes that one of those characters is actually somebody else in disguise. Oh. <laughs> you know? And oh, I don't funny. know that. Yeah. So luckily, things have, I think, I, I haven't heard of any real horror stories about that, but like with Dimension W, um, Zach and I both worked on Dimension W as directors. And there were episodes where it turned out somebody was somebody else in disguise. And we didn't <laughs> find out until the end of the week so I had to bring somebody back in to re-record a line or two because it turned out that's actually your line and not this other person's line <laughs> and luckily it all went okay and we got it all in in time but it could have been a lot worse 
It must be weird to like talk to your actors about. I was like, all right, Frank, you can go home. Jim, you're going to be Frank. <laughs> right, exactly. And it's very weird to talk to your actors and say, so you're saying this line. I don't know why you're saying this line. <laughs> but <laughs> we're going to just be enigmatic about it and mysterious. And then we'll find out next week. <laughs> I promise it works. I hope. <laughs> yeah. You might, or even better, call somebody in. They record two episodes. They're the main character in those two episodes. And then they die. Oh. As far as they were concerned, when they came in, they were the lead character of the show. Oh, jeez. Oh. You think that happened? Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, the, I can think of so many shows where they might have pulled someone in. It's like, actually, never mind. <laughs> Oh, you're going to die this episode. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So are there any that you've had an absolute delight working on, either as an actor or as a director? So many. I I mean, too many to name. Favorites include One Piece, uh, playing Luffy. I prefer acting to directing. So Luffy, uh, Tannis was a huge favorite of mine. Lilith, especially in the second game. Um, I love uh, Momiji. In Good Luck Girl is a huge favorite of mine. And Yuko in Holic, I loved. Directing Steinsgate is my all-time favorite. Uh, <laughs> nice. With Full Metal Alchemist as a close second. Um, I'm trying to think. Panty and Stocking was a really fun one. Uh, I wanted to ask, uh, what was, what was Yurikuma Arashi like? Because I'm a, like, I'm a huge fan of like all of Ikuhara's shows. Yurikuma Arashi. Huh. Oh, you, you're. Oh, that's the bear one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we called it something else. Lily Bear Storm. <laughs> when we were recording, it was probably a nickname. Chris Bevins nicknames all of his shows. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. that could have been lesbian bears. <laughs> oh yeah, that <laughs> makes sense. That's what. That's actually what I call it too. I just wasn't sure if I should right. say that. Right. Right. Well, I mean, it's not like a derogatory thing. Oh no. <laughs> fairly accurate. Um, so, oh, that one was so much fun. It was so weird. <laughs> I hadn't done anything new and different in anime in a long time. Everything uh-huh. is kind of the same. After a while, you've played the same character a lot of times. Right. Um, this was completely different. The dialogue was different from anything we'd ever done. Um, and it, you talk about enigmatic and mysterious yeah. like every line <laughs> so much like was, wheat and like symbolism yes it was like doing a pinter play but in <laughs> anime form it was really really interesting and chris got really behind it chris bevins is good for those kind of uh one-off strange shows he, he does really well with those. he gets really invested and does all the research and knows what the metaphor behind the series is and politically what it was inspired by in Japan and so it's kind of fun to have a director who who can inform you because I think that could have been done wrong that show could have been done yeah poorly uh, and nobody would have gotten anything out of it and instead it was one of the more fun shows I've done in a long time um, is there anything you'd like to promote um it's hard. <laughs> Let's see. What has been announced? Oh, okay. Uh, Escafone has been announced. Oh, the Kickstarter so one. I'll, yeah, I'll promote that. <laughs> I am uh, playing Malerna in Escaflone, and that is both nerve-wracking and exciting. 
<laughs> I know that they're, you know, going in when you're doing a redub that there are going to be fans who are really mad about the fact that it's not the voice they remember. <laughs> uh, I went through that already with Gohan in Dragon Ball Z Kai. There oh, are imagine. some fans that you just are never going to win no matter what. But uh, I I enjoy her, and I think it's... Uh, I, I love the transition that she made from the series to the movie. Okay. Um, we recorded it backwards. We recorded the movie oh, first. Really? Oh, okay. Yeah. And then and then we did the series. So I did the grown-up version, so the rough and tough version of her. And then we went back and did the naive version, which was cool. <laughs> that, was, that must have been interesting. Is there a version you prefer? And then, yeah, yes. <laughs> No, no, not at all. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then as a company, I don't know who's going to be acting or directing in it, but as a company, we're really excited about My Hero Academia. Oh, my gosh. That's our show. We've been so hyped about it. (laughs) I've read the whole manga. (laughs) Yeah, we here at Anime A-Team have been, like, super excited about that for two years. Read it every week. Yeah. Did you watch it? Did you have you watched yes. the first episode? Oh yeah. yeah! Oh my gosh! The okay. uh, All Might looked amazing. It was so good. <laughs> and they followed the manga so exactly, like to the point where it's like, oh, okay. So you only did this much. That means it's going to be a really long series, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like there's going to be three episodes to the first chapter alone. It's, it's so, so exciting! Cool. Yay! I'm was, so excited. I, I was super impressed by Bakugo's like explosion effect. I was curious how that was going to look, and I'm so happy with the way it does. And crying Izuku oh, made me, me cry. Me too. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait to meet all the other characters. I'm glad they've been putting out the things they've put out. So like you've got to hear the voices for the main characters on the PVs. Yeah, oh, that um, really nice. Really cool. Yeah, you can you can look for them. They've got um, kind of trailers that introduce all of the main characters in the um, classic one A. Fun. It's so cool. Do you have yeah. a favorite student in one A? Mm. Uh, I say something different every time somebody asks me that question. <laughs> <laughs> I like Ida a lot. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I guess Todoroki is probably my favorite. Uh, my favorite here is definitely a Sui Tsuyu, Frog Girl. Everybody loves her. Really? Girl. Yeah. <laughs> well, you are in the majority. They did that uh, favorite characters, top 10 favorite characters, and, and she was in there. Yeah. Yep. So good. But we're going to start wrapping up. So we do the sort of inside the voice actor studio questions that we ask everybody. So what is what, what got you into voice acting to begin with? Laura Bailey. She was a voice actor at Funimation and a friend of mine, and uh, she brought me up to the studio to kind of try to get me in the door, and and I watched her record something, and at the end of her session, Chris Evans threw me in the booth and gave me a scream to do, and that got me the audition for Rachel in Case Closed. Oh, wow. There you go. Nice. Uh, What is one thing you love about voice acting? I can look however I want. (laughs) Nice. And still record. (laughs) I can be an actor without putting on makeup. Nice. Alternatively, what's one thing you hate about voice acting? Losing my voice once every couple of weeks. Oh, ouch. (laughs) (laughs) What would be your advice to anyone that wants to get involved in voice acting or aspires to be someone like you? I think in order to be a voice actor, you need to be an actor first. Uh, So 
learning about all kinds of acting, taking theater classes or on camera acting classes is just as helpful as taking voice acting classes because it helps you embody the character. Makes sense. You got to be able to act before you voice act. There you go. Right. All right. Well, I think that's what we got. Yeah. Thank you so much, man, for coming on. Absolutely. Thank you. Of course. And well, you heard it here, folks. This has been a wonderful sit-down interview with the wonderful Miss Colleen Clinkenbeard. As always, I'm Aiden Hall. I'm still Royce McCoy. And we will still see you later. Good night, everybody.